0: About skating
1: in New York. Come again? Uh, I wear hearing aids, so I might have missed some of Oh.
0: What do you think about skating in New York? Uh,
1: what I think about New
0: York. What do you think about dating? What do you think about what? It, it, it's okay. I would like to keep talking. You're doing great for someone with your condition.
2: All right, welcome to Bridge the Culture Podcast. I am your host, Jazz Singh. Uh, we are sponsored, platformed by B Raja TV. Look out for them. You can get them on pretty much any app now, Roku, Apple TV, Android. look them up, check them out. Uh, enthrall yourself in some pretty cool South Asian content. Speaking of which we have with us uh, yet again, another South Asian creator. Uh, Very happy to introduce him. He's got a short film out. You heard a little bit of it in the intro. Uh, My pleasure to introduce uh, Salim Gondol. How do you say your last name so I don't butcher it? Salim Gondol. Gondol. All right. I was trying to be real ethnic with it, and I probably should have just went straight with how it looks. Uh, So, Salim Gondol, uh, how are you, man? How's it going? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yes. No, thank you for allowing yourself to be on this, (laughs) is what I should be saying. Um, uh, but yeah, so the, uh, we'll just get right into it, um, because I'm sure the clip that we played, uh, has intrigued people because it's already something I don't think we're used to seeing South Asian or otherwise. Um, so Supersonic is your short film and right. So as we get into that, I guess, uh, tell us what it's about and then we'll jump backwards into everything that we'll talk about.
1: Yeah, uh, so Supersonic is a short film uh, about a character with hearing loss. Uh, it's a love story, so the whole 15 minutes is uh, an arc where he meets someone that he connects with and uh, is trying to find the right language to communicate with her. Uh, the challenge is since he is hard of hearing. Uh, He doesn't trust verbal communication, uh, as well as he trusts body language and uh, different modes of expression to show listening and empathy. Uh, So the way that we did it with the film is uh, in the sound design, the audience is placed in the perspective of the main character, so they can hear everything he hears and experience the the journey he takes to uh, connect with samar uh using alternative methods to verbal uh
2: communication okay yeah like that right off the bat i i can't recall seeing anything like that at least as far as like love stories we've all seen dime a dozen but that aspect of navigating it that's very interesting to me um i've seen the film full disclosure um, and yeah, it it really that part of it is really the intriguing part and what I think hooks an audience right away uh to to like it, it's I I think when we had talked earlier, I was telling you that it's uh we film is a visual medium, but in this, yes, you're watching it, but the first thing you have to adjust to is your other sense like hearing hearing is what, brings you into the world because the visual you're like all right see, i see it i can see it with my eyes and stuff but you're immediately like wait a minute something is off for me as an audience member who is uh not hearing impaired but you're you have to adjust to that relatively quickly and, and realize what space you're in
1: yeah i think uh with the way uh i approached it so it the film is based off of my own experience so i uh have had hearing loss my entire life, and I've gone through different stages of hearing aids to, uh, you know, help uh, my brain figure out those sounds that is missing, and uh, it is a odd experience because you know now I've at that point where my hearing aids have really helped me um, navigate the things my brain can't sense. Um, and I can hear, but I hear everything through this sort of electronic, uh, uh, filter. And, uh, that's something that once I realized that, uh, I, that's what got me really interested in, uh, making a movie, uh, to showcase this experience because I felt like a cyborg and it was an odd feeling, you know, just cause it feels unnatural. Uh, but it also was the reason why I was able to uh, communicate and h- able to hear these things that, you know, I didn't hear as a child. Uh, and, you know, the more I've worn my hearing aid, the more confident I've become in, in communicating with others. Uh, so I kind of wanted to just introduce uh, audiences to that kind of hyper-real auditory, uh, experience, you know, for everyone with hearing aids or, uh, a hearing, uh, assisted device. They, they know this. This is, you know, their, their daily life. And, uh, I just thought it would be such a great way to just explain to people without
2: really having to explain, just showing them, uh, through, Drew Yeah, and that's something the film because you you jump right in, right? It's very immediate. Res, you're immediately th- kind of thrust into it. You get a little bit of uh, backstory when he goes to the doctor, but for the most part, like I said, you have to, as an audience member, adjust super quickly, um, and go okay, and and just that sense of like I just it's I I was watching it and he's at a party in the opening scene, so you're you're immediately I started thinking about like how much. Uh, we take it for granted Uh, you know like benign you know party conversations or or whatever's happening the music playing whatever it may be like we're it's all such white noise or background noise to us um, that we don't think about it as uh, even an obstacle like a noisy room is a noisy room but we are just swimming through it like it's nothing uh and so watching um the main character who's played by you let let it be known this is the writer the director and the star of supersonic uh wearing all three hats man um so it's one of those so you're watching you uh navigate it and already it's just like man i don't know i like my me personally it's fight or flight like i let's get out of there i don't like i don't you don't feel comfortable But that's what you go through on on people like that go through probably on a daily basis. Um, So that, that sense of empathy is you're immediately thrust into that.
1: Yeah, that, that was always the goal. I think uh, from the beginning, I knew I wanted to tell a story about my own experience, uh, but I really struggled uh, with figuring out the drama, uh, which is something that I think as a, Filmmaker, I'm always, I'm always really uh, attached to the the emotions and the uh, the theme of the story, uh, and finding the drama is always usually is like the last bit of the the process, uh, and it took me a while um, because I I knew I wanted people to empathize with the main character, but I didn't want it to be, I guess, a PSA or anything, I, I wanted the film to be a real movie where you're watching the characters, uh, you know, get what they, uh, search for what they want and uh, see them, you know, really in action. And uh, I think what it ended up being was that the action was going to be empathy. Um, the we see Wahid is uh, really trying to listen to everything that's happening around him as a necessity. Like he can't communicate unless he really listens so that he knows what's being said to him before he says something back. Uh, and I think that that's something that is is, is a barrier because a, it's this constant fear of am I not going to be able to participate in this conversation. Uh, I wanted I think it, it came to me at the end that it the drama would be can he find someone else that puts as much care into communication as he does? And that I don't want to give it away, but yeah, that is the way we ended things. You know that that is the drama. Like, do people care?
2: You're right. I I don't know if I can even talk about it because it's uh, again short films. It's not the ending, but uh, let's just say maybe we'll cut it out if you would like. You can't talk about this. Um, but there's a, a the scene where um, like they're basically trying to figure out like going out and. She is telling him, like, oh, I we should go to is that that's not a spoiler, right? That's 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 okay. Yeah, so you can say Okay, it. so so uh she she asks him out and he's processing it. And the place that she wants to go to that she mentions is like muffled or he doesn't quite hear it. And there's a moment like in like for me, like my, my heart in my stomach, I'm just like, oh man, is he He's not going to ask her to repeat it. Like he's like that. Like it's just, and I'm thinking it's over. Like that's it. He's, I don't know how this person is going to find out how he's like that. Like that part of it. I was like, I don't, at that point I was like worried. I was like, oh, is this going to, is this going to go into a completely different direction? But um, yeah, there's that real sense of like, I I'm there. I'm just like, oh, I'm like he. he's not going to ask her to repeat where to go he and then not only does he not ask her to repeat he like doubles down with like yeah the place is great we'll definitely we'll definitely go there and it's just I was like oh my god uh, you feel you feel so much in that moment and I and yeah and like I said and then it goes where it goes and I, and the audience will hopefully uh, uh, reach out and find out but it, it's like things like that that like we again I, I'm gonna go back to the fact that like so much so much for granted uh, of verbal communication that we do on a daily basis that like, look, I'm a, the people, the, the two listeners of this podcast know I'm a yapper. So I'm, I'm yapping constantly. And I, I, so it's, I verbose, I take it for such granted that I can just say whatever I want and people are either processing it or not processing it. Um, so you imagine like, man, vital information um, that you're, you're not even vital. You're just, you're just missing chunks and, and how that must feel um, for somebody
1: Yeah, I, uh, well, yeah, I'm glad that that moment landed. Um, yeah, I think that when I think back to what it was like, you know, especially dating, uh, when you have a million things going on, but you also need to be emotionally present to, you know, everyone new that you meet because you're trying to find, you know, a partner. Uh, it's, it's pretty exhausting. I think no matter what your background is. And yeah, I think that that is a, that is a drama that we all live, um, but is not often seen as a, I mean, a, a drama worthy of, of a film. Uh, and I, I'm always interested in that, you know, what are those small epic journeys that we face? Even if it's like, I don't want to ask somebody to repeat what they said Because I'm afraid that that will annoy them, and then they won't want to spend any time with me. Um,
2: That's again, we're we're gonna touch on that because. So we're gonna put Supersonic just for a second. We're gonna put it on the uh, on the back burner, and we've 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 entered a personal space now. And so I figure now is a good time to to segue into. Tell us, tell, yeah, tell us a little personal. bit of, about yeah, about yeah. We don't, you don't got to talk about your dating life. I mean, if you want, by all means, we're that kind of podcast now. Uh, so it's one. So like, uh, Salim, you're out. You're in the East Coast. Uh, where, are, where are you originally? Like, are you from the East Coast originally? Uh, let's talk about how you grew up. I want. I'm very curious to know when, if that's okay, when the hearing uh, thing came into play in your life, and then just like I said, I, I'm sure many people. Uh, who who know about it who don't know about it would love to know how you navigated that um and 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 the, upon that we'll touch upon how you got into filmmaking and 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 obviously and then that'll be a great segue into how you made supersonic. So tell us a little about yourself. this is like we're dating, but you know
0: yeah this is
2: uh this yeah. is the worst kind of speed dating and stuff man uh so
1: yeah, I was uh born in Long Island. Uh, my, uh, parents, they came from Pakistan, uh, were sort of like this group of family members all settling, you know, first in Queens, and then you're moving out to Long Island. Uh, I, so I had hearing loss, um, since I was born, but, uh, I was the first, firstborn, born, actually, uh, yeah, my, I have a younger brother, um, but they, didn't know that I had hearing loss until I was about four years old and I was in school and I wasn't speaking. And, uh, you know, I think my parents had, they had figured sometimes it takes kids a little bit longer to start speaking. But, uh, the teacher told me, told my parents to take me to an audiologist. And from then I've always had hearing aids and I've always been going to the audiologist, uh, that was a, it's, yes, it, that kind of colored my whole childhood. Um, I've ha- always had speech uh, impediments, uh, and it's something other kids would, you know, notice and, you know, make fun of. Uh, it was this thing where I, I was trying to reject my hearing aids, you know, and oftentimes I would lose them, you know, like intentionally lose them thinking that, you know, if I didn't have them anymore, then I wouldn't have to wear them, uh, which would make my parents upset and, you know, may, you know, they, they really endured a lot of uh, stress, you know, just helping me navigate my hearing loss. Um, and it took me a while. I think it wasn't until I was in high school that I was able to uh, say the S sound. That, that's my specific hearing loss. It's a high frequency hearing loss. So higher sounds like S, uh, hissing, those are uh, not registered by my brain. Uh, and uh, it wasn't until I think like, you know, several years of wearing hearing aids and then having speech therapy that I was able to say it. And uh, with the hearing aids I was able to hear it and that really opened up a lot of things for me because I've always wanted to act Uh, I've always been interested in the arts Uh, but at that time I felt like I wasn't getting roles Um, I think partially because I was always so nervous about how I was presenting myself uh, especially in the speech Uh, but after I graduated high school. I think I had this confidence that I could do whatever I wanted to do, at least in terms of my my career. Uh, So, yeah, the having having the hearing loss, I think, has always helped me focus more on what's happening around me and uh, drive for empathy. You know, to make sure that I don't become one of those kids that have that are bullying another kid uh which I think also growing up I know as a Muslim post 9-11 you know right next to New York City like that has also impacted my uh my view of the world and you know just knowing that you know I'm, I'm being surveilled because of how I look like and then when I speak And interact with people there's another um, sort of hurdle to go over Uh, and those were these things that I think I was trying to hide when I was younger but by the time I decided I wanted I first wanted to be a writer Uh, I think by the time I decided that in in uh, college I was on this path of digging deeper and making the making my personal life more visible and not being not being afraid to share who I am
2: yeah no that's 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 great that's uh, that's the (laughs) that's the dream uh is to to get to a level of acceptance of ourselves um because I think we all I think again one of the like this common denominator of the stories that we uh, have had, and then I'm assuming we'll have in the future, has really just been uh, America being the melting pot that it is, uh, figuring out where you melt, because uh, again, everyone, we're all melting at different speeds and at and at different temperatures sometimes. Um, so it just. I prefer the term salad bowl. Oh, that's that's new to me. It's not a, it's not one we use. I didn't hear it growing up in Jersey.
1: It's a, it's a term basically to say that we are all in the same bowl, but we're all different uh, and that we can still coexist together
2: without having to
1: assimilate.
2: Okay. Okay. Um, that's interesting. Um, people out there who don't like salad, this is not for you. (laughs) Um, but no, that's, uh, I'm going to try, I'm going to try to incorporate that, uh, instead. Uh, might be hard, but we'll figure it out um that's not it that's that's salad bowl okay um so uh in college were you because it sounds like you had wanted to do it uh like acting or 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 anything creative in high school or did you not do it in high school because of the like the hearing did did you not like try out for plays or whatever that looked like in your community
1: uh i i did act in high school uh i think i've I've always been interested in art and drawing and writing, uh, acting. And, uh, when I was in high school, that's when I, uh, really dove into it with theater and chorus. Uh, I, what I did get parts in the plays. Um, I think even though I did have a noticeable speech, uh, uh you know, uh, speech condition. And also I, struggle to sing on pitch i i love to sing but man.
2: uh man of man of many talents over here man
1: I, I try i try uh well yeah i mean i've always loved to sing uh, but i've i'm not the best at um uh being on pitch and that was something i think it took me a long time uh especially without any formal training i kind of just jumped into it uh But yeah, I I wouldn't say that the hearing loss has ever really prevented me from uh, from pursuing the art. I think it's just been a specific aspect uh, of myself that I had to learn how to coexist with. Uh, And yeah, I think now also I do feel more confident as an actor, um, which, you know, with Supersonic, I think that was the great thing It's like, I didn't have to pretend to be someone else. I didn't have to pretend to be someone
2: who doesn't wear a hearing aid. Yeah. So in college, did were, I mean, this is now just, what is your degree as the Indian parents would say and stuff? What, uh, what, did, you do, what did you do in college? Were you in the arts in college as well?
1: Yes, yeah, I uh, so I studied uh, dramatic writing, uh, which is a program in NYU uh, right. in, in Tish and uh, that was a program where I learned the basics of playwriting, television writing uh, and I think it really helped me get a core sense of how do you tell a story through the screenplay uh, it's still something I'm no master at <laughs> uh, because I, the writing part of any film is one of the One of the hardest things, you have to make something real uh, with only words. Uh, And it has to be a foundation for everyone else who comes on to work on the project. Uh, But yeah, and I'm actually now going to uh, grad school uh, for directing. Um, And that has been an interesting experience because now I'm learning how to analyze a text and uh, how to communicate. Uh, I think the main thing they're telling us is about directing is that it's all about clarity.
2: Well, you've done it. Like you've uh, so. Supersonic is that your is that your debut? Have you directed other things?
1: I so yeah. I uh, so the journey from writing to directing was that um, I I had a degree in writing and I was writing a lot of scripts, sending them out. Uh, to these competitions and you know these managers whoever you know I got in touch with Uh, but I felt like it wasn't really connecting with people um, because whenever you write something it's not a movie until it gets produced.
2: You weren't connecting or the material you think wasn't connecting? The uh, Come Again? are you saying that you like as you weren't connecting or you think the material you were writing wasn't connecting as uh, the
1: material I was writing wasn't connecting uh, because it was uh it was a script and uh, I felt like the only people who really read scripts for fun are other people.
2: <laughs> well, yeah. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a writer and, and I've, I've always stated that unfortunately uh, for us, writers the tangibility factor of handing somebody like you know a hundred pages of something uh, immediately transports them to like textbooks like i ain't or or like not doing book reports they don't let the tangibility there is gone um it's the same way you can't impress somebody yep, with like yeah. sheet music or you, you know they want to see a movie they want to see you know video they want to see something like you know they'll spend three hours watching something but they will not, for the life of them, uh, if they're not part of the process, read something. Um, so it's very hard yep. to get a calling card that way. <laughs> yeah, I mean
1: that's I felt like that, and I felt like I just want to connect with like everyday people, you know. Uh, and uh, I think the way people engage with movies is by watching them. So that motivated me to direct my own materials. You know, I felt like I needed to just have a visual representation of my work, just so people could know about what I was doing. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, I it that was a process of you know making some some not so great films. Making some films that uh, were strong in some ways, but were uh, I still needed to learn uh, certain aspects of storytelling uh, for the next one. Uh, and but that that also that learning process, which I, I, I taught myself a lot uh, by you know watching YouTube and you know collecting all these like random articles to give me an idea of like how do you direct a movie. Uh, how do you direct a short film on a small budget and uh by the time i made supersonic i had had some experience i'd done the whole step-by-step process of you know writing to uh, distributing a short film and i yeah
2: yeah i know like i said that's i think that's the also another common denominator of uh the clunky road to get to uh where we are now or where we like to be where, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, what's the term about break a few eggs, uh, to make an omelet or whatever. Uh, and that's what, that's what those shorts, uh, are all about. Um, so it's clear. And so I don't have to really ask you about motivation or, or inspiration or why you, it's very clear why supersonic, uh, a had to be made and could only be made by you. Um, so what was that process like? It's, uh, it's uh, in terms of so that is that shot all in New York is that local yeah supersonic is it's based
1: off of my own experience uh no. i wanted to film in New York where you know I've always lived uh and uh, use these locations that have meant a lot to me uh and especially the the sound of the city is so chaotic and sometimes is one of the biggest hurdles to living here. Uh, But I I wanted to, you know, embrace that as a character for the film. Uh, I also really um, wanted to highlight that this was just my experience. Uh, There are a lot of different uh, ways. One can be deaf, uh, one can be hard of hearing. And uh, I think at first I did want to You know, speak for everyone. Uh, But the more I was working on it, the more I realized, like it, it's not gonna work if unless I really hone in on what's true to me, and that way we can, you know, build the the bridges, you know, between everyone else's hard of hearing story. You know, uh, hopefully, this film would inspire another hard of hearing filmmaker to tell their story.
2: Okay. So that process, so you, uh, when, when did you write it? How long did that take? And then shooting it, 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 it again, yeah. it, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people in it. I like, that was my thing. I was like, man, you have a lot of friends or, uh, <laughs> to fill a room. It was, uh, that was always nice to see.
1: Yeah. Uh, that was, um, uh, definitely, uh, it was the biggest project I'd worked on up until that point. Uh, the writing process took a while uh i had to get to the point i was as i was saying earlier um how do i find the drama uh but once the character of Samar who's the love interest uh it became clear to me that she she relied on dance and body language to express herself that's when i knew okay this this is the this is the story this is the love story uh i was uh really i was unsure at first when i written the final script if this was it uh because i always i'm used to people telling me i need to keep rewriting Uh, they won't read um, it but they love telling you that (laughs) (laughs) yep yeah um but yeah i mean i'm i'm very fortunate that i've i've had a, a, a wide group of of people, of friends, to who have read the script and uh, who have given me feedback and encouragement. Uh, so when I had gotten to that point, people were telling me, you know, I think this movie is ready to be made, and uh, I kind of just jumped into finding a producer, finding a DP. Uh, The uh, cinematographer is uh, Adewale uh, Olukayode, Uh, he's one of my good friends, we've worked together before, and uh, he was really focused on finding the visual storytelling, like how do we show somebody's hearing loss uh, through the camera, through the lights, and he was really um, instrumental in ensuring that You know, we weren't just, I would tell him, okay, then this shot, I want some fluorescent lighting because we're in an office. And he would tell me, no, let's take a step back. Let's focus on the emotion. Like, what is happening here for the character? How do you want us to feel? And then I would tell him, you know, isolation, uh, uncertainty, uh, you know, exhaustion, And then from those words, that's how he would find out what the lighting plan was, you know, or where the camera should be.
2: Yeah, much Uh, like, uh, so I'm going to touch upon a bunch of things. So much like uh, the sound design, which is already doing a phenomenal job of that. um, Yeah, the lighting is unique. uh, In unlike most shorts that I've seen, Uh, like in terms of it's something that also draws you in right away. Um, and you mentioned dance earlier. This weirdly is kind of a musical, yeah. like it's 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 yeah. uh so like that's that juxtaposition is very interesting to me. Hearing loss, but full blown full blown musical at at uh, at most points, right? Like that that's very, uh, and then that's just a connect a connection issue too, where uh how the two characters uh connect, um and I found I mean that's also. Clearly, you wrote this to show off your dance skills, but uh, it's one of those things where um, that plays a huge role in how that uh, plays. Is that something you? Is that part of that drama, or that you had to find, or was was that movement between the two always kind of a kinetic part of, of writing it?
1: The uh, it's a, it's a little bit of both. Uh, the movement was always a big factor in the story. Uh, and how it was going to move forward, um, you know, once they're dancing together, that is kind of, it gives us some hope that there's there's a spark between them. Uh, and I felt like, yeah, the dance does it better than any dialogue I could ever write. Um, with the lighting, that is, I did know from the beginning that I wanted the light to represent a different mood for each scene. Uh, Wale, uh, the DP, he really um, cemented what these moves were. Uh, but that that's why the like the party scene, uh, even though it's one party, there's uh, three distinct lighting uh, patterns and they all represent a different space in the room and in, in the story. It's like a, it's an arc going through all these colors and uh yeah there there was i think i don't know how it came to me that it should be this way but i always felt like this story should be very visually uh moving um and i think it's because i with the sound the sound uh design in any film is our gateway to the emotion of the characters you know you you really feel the sound more than how you feel images so i felt like if the audience is with the character's journey by what they're hearing the visuals are even though they're they're like you you see it first maybe but the visuals are really supplementing the sound they're sort
2: of you know the icing on top Okay, uh, this is just a a writer a writerly question because i'm I'm always curious, right? So just like, as I asked about the dance aspect, uh, so consider this like almost deleted scenes, deleted drafts kind of a thing. Um, like it it has no it has no bearing obviously on on people who watch the film, but I'm just curious, um, is there anything that was once in there that you've had to lose that maybe you have a soft spot for? um that you know you wouldn't consider a spoiler or anything because like i said i the dance thing sounds like it was right from the get-go that was the instant connection these two would have um Mm -hmm. was there any was there anything else between them uh that you maybe had had written uh and maybe it didn't i'm just i'm just always curious because the dance happened so like i said uh Uh, kinetically and so it's so organic um, that I'm just I don't know like you said I don't know if they even if you even eventually at some point had dialogue between them in those moments or prior to
1: oh uh, no I mean in terms of dialogue every every bit of the dialogue in the final film sorry in the final script is in the final film I believe yeah we we might have changed some things uh, with some actions. Uh, yeah, but no. I mean by th- by the time we decided what the dialogue would be and, and the actress uh, Dominique, she was really instrumental in finding the soul of that character. Uh, you know, she really gave the Samar character a a voice. And uh, I I ask her to ad lib at certain times when the the original script wasn't working, but yeah, no, I mean everything I have a soft spot for between that's, the two characters. Yeah.
2: As a, as a writer, it's nice to hear. Um, no, she she's very uh, from the like from the start, she's very inviting, um, and because like I said, you do a very good job of firmly planting us in uh, uh, in the main character's shoes. That, like I said, when she is being like really nice, or when she's, uh, you know, she's putting her best foot forward, a part of maybe it's just me, but a part of me is also just going like, oh man, don't don't mess this up. You don't do this. This is not like, come on. She's great. Let's see where this goes, and that's what like that's why in the earlier scene, why I'm kind of like, oh shit, because uh, you've your character has. Your character's great, but like you understand that, like in his mind, uh, between work and between his condition and between, like, there's a, a very an intimate scene, uh, brief with his with his mom on the phone. Um, that I that I thought was that that was really, uh, like I said, we're 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 a South Asian podcast, but there's a brief moment where he has this conversation with his mother again not really a spoiler it's hard it's hard to talk about short films uh we were like I'm gonna talk about this stretch of two minutes in a, in a 12 minute film um but yeah there's a there's a brief stretch where he's uh talking to his mom and his mom is speaking to him in in, in their language for a bit and it's just it's interesting to me uh like that part of it like we've I've been hearing a lot from film, south Asian filmmakers about bringing that aspect into it but like yours is very seamless um uh very representative obviously of of the salad bowl that you, your character, see, I'm using it already. Look at that. Uh, of the, of the characters kind of, and he's very much like mom, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And she's concerned. And, um, I was my point. My point was that, yeah, you, you, you start to feel, uh, the same insecurity, like a part of me while I'm rooting for that was also like, but I get it. Like I get if he doesn't do it, like I understand. And I'm like ready. I'm ready for that drama to also unfold. If that's how it wants to go, um, and that's a that's a de- that's a delicate balance that I think you achieve. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's a
1: high compliment. That what I think every uh, yeah, I mean every
2: storyteller wants that. You had me uh, at the you're at the roller coaster, right? Like we we know this can go one way, right? It's gonna go one way, but at that point, I'm thinking I don't know. Might be a loop. There might be a loop here. It just it might happen. <laughs> Um, cause you, you never quite, cause you never quite know. Um, and so yeah. that part of it, and then she's great in that and instrumental in that because the majority of me wants it to go well, right? The, the, um, the minority of me is like, hmm, where's, how is this going, how is he going to overcome this? Uh, and will he, but the, like I said, the majority of hopefully the audience is rooting, um, for this to work.
1: Yeah. And I, I think that, uh, the, the main drama of the film is, is not so much about having hearing loss as much right. as it's about, you know, accepting ourselves and uh, recognizing our talent, even if we don't see them. Yes, no, 100%. Like, uh, the I mean, a main theme of the film is that um, listening is not about simply hearing. You know, listening is about patience and empathy and paying attention. You know these and things that are uh, universal. I think almost everyone
2: has the capacity to listen. Really well said. Like I said, my some of my favorite characters, even the ones I write, are they tend to be the ones who everybody else is telling them you good, but they they don't see it yet, um, and it and it takes them down a path where uh, they will either learn that lesson the hard way, but eventually learn it and better themselves, or never quite catch that bus and uh, kind of be stuck on the uh, merry-go-round forever. But uh, no, it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's unique, man. I, again, there's, uh, I'm curious. So uh, you and I actually, we met last year um, at the Chicago South Asian film festival. Um, just random shout outs to Chicago right there. Um, a bunch of East coast boys like Chicago. Um, but uh uh, tell us about that. Do, yeah, there, I'm always curious about responses. Uh, in terms of what people say to you, uh, it that must have been uh interesting. Like, just that process is a whole other process its so own of going out and putting it out in the world and getting them to to respond. How did you find that, or how are you finding that if you're still doing it?
1: Yeah, uh so yeah, we had a festival run starting at Chicago South Asian Film Festival, uh and we've gone to uh a few more. Uh we went to Austin uh Film Festival, which was great. Uh was a really energetic, you know, really story focused festival and had a lot of great panels where I learned a lot. Um I went to the Tide Film Festival, which is a festival that focuses on people of color uh, and you know intersectional spaces, uh, which is the spirit of Supersonic. Um, I, I'm really glad that I got to be there and uh, meet the organizers there. You know, I think there's a there's an art to talking about your film, that, uh, and, and it, it it applies to all the art field, but. It's an art to be able to talk about what you're doing in a public way, and uh, you have to kind of understand where the audience is coming from, but also you have to understand your narrative. Um, I did notice that the uh, one of the first screenings of Supersonic, uh, people were talking to me, uh, you know about adversity they saw that the film was like a it was a barrier that his his own hearing loss was preventing him from living life and uh i i got kind of disheartened because that wasn't the intention of the film the intention was always to to subvert the kind of uh overcoming adversity uh, narrative that you see with a lot of stories about disability uh, because while his hearing loss is a part of him, he lives with it, it's not something that he has to fight uh, but I realize that you know it's part of me, it's, it's my job as a filmmaker representing my work that I have to also make the narrative clear when I'm talking about my work. So all of that to say is that I, I've learned the nuance of speaking publicly and, uh, kind of, um, you know, I guess steering the conversation.
2: Did you say that they were, uh, um, when you, when those people came up to you and talked about the adversity part, did you say that's all they got from the movie is that there was a problem?
0: I think
1: it's it not. I think they, you know, probably enjoyed it. Uh, I, I don't think it was that all. That yeah,
2: yeah, no. The way you made it sound was uh, they were just like, man, that was like not nah, like. I don't know how to phrase it because I don't know what the like what the what the what they said. But um, like you said, the the film is it, it does what it does, and, and you're right. It's very much about ex- accepting yourself and being accepted by others, and and that uplifting quality is definitely there, but um yeah because as you were saying that i was like well yeah part of it like even if it's a small sliver there it's definitely a, pr- a part of it is definitely uh what it's like to live uh, being hearing impaired um but if i did and, and when you were talking about it i just thought man if somebody was like man it must have been tough like if all they wanted to talk about was how tough it was for you or how tough it must be for the character uh that to me yeah slightly misses the point um Cause that's like that's level one, right? We're still that's level one of the conversation, and you're trying to get them all like level ten, of like, all right, well, that's that's a part of it, but that was like the first two seconds. Like, come on, we're 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 going. We're you get on or get off. Like, you got to come with us.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Um, But I think that's also, uh, I guess, what's been great about showing the film is that getting I'm getting these opportunities to figure out the film more and like you know having these conversations uh I think is it, it's great it's like the film is a connector between people who maybe would not have met otherwise and uh yeah we can we can communicate and we can debate the film or we can uh you know dig in deeper and, uh, you know, we're, we have dialogue now. And, you know, that, that's what I've always wanted. Uh, and I'm really fortunate that, you know, it, that I've gotten to have it, including conversations like this one.
2: Yeah, this is a much more pleasant conversation than, like, hearing loss is terrible. Uh, how do you deal with it? Which, obviously, I was guilty of asking you earlier. But again, earlier, it's, we, growth, we had to, had a start, had to start somewhere and, uh, uh, you found the narrative for it. I think, so that's a, a perfect setup into, so what's, so right now you, you like you said, premiered last year, uh, uh, last we spoke, I think you said you still have a little, a few more festival runs to possibly go to, um, have you started? Uh, what's next? Have you have you have you put some thought? I mean, like you said, you're going to grad school, so you're you're still figuring that part of it out too. But have you started uh, thinking about what what the next project might be? I mean, you must have.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking. Uh, I I know that I want to ex- continue to explore supersonic because uh, having supersonic be a feature film. Would allow me to have these conversations on a on a larger scale, right, uh, right. and uh, that that is the the main focus I have right now. Um, but I also I know that there's some there are stories that I want to tell that are outside of my own perspective.
2: Right. That's what. Yeah. That was what I was trying to get. Like okay, so. Uh, I yeah. not to cut you off. I apologize. Um, okay. But yeah, it's just it's one of the so I've just the idea of uh, like I said, you being a South Asian actor uh, and you've been doing it since you were in high school or and, and just the idea of we're at a place now where uh, as you have proven with your short film, as others have proven with theirs, uh, their work of getting those voices out there. now obviously no one and no one should and, and I'm certainly not going to and you're obviously not going to put yourself in a position where uh your next like four projects are uh you know man with hearing loss does this or whatever right so the, the, so the, i was curious as to but th- that aside as far as being a south asian actor do you find that uh do you think you'll act in those uh, again or do you think you'll focus on the writing and the directing or just the directing or or any of that because i'm just always cu- i've always i'm a curious of, as somebody else who doesn't see a lot of this my persona on film uh, i'm always curious or i i feel a sense of uh for lack of a better word responsibility to kind of uh put in any ideas that i have now to go you know what yeah like it it just generically pop in a person of color or or what have you and go look this is uh this is how this is normal it's it's it, it shouldn't be a like we want to move past we've done the stories of like ah we've struggled and and, and no one likes us but now we're fully of a generation or two that has lived and, and, and how we fit into society now uh, in this salad bowl that you spoke of earlier. I'm just now using it to impress you because I I appreciated the term, but the, the general sense of uh, going forward, like you said, different experiences, but they don't have to be uh, hearing impaired, but like you as, you know, a person of color in film, is that, important? Is that something you want to keep in your work or without sounding too preachy there?
0: Well, uh, I, I,
1: I got started in writing and making movies uh, because I wanted more representation of people of color. And uh, I think that's still something that drives me with everything that I work on. Uh, I want to help. Build spaces for you know other people of color to have their voices be out there in the world, uh, and that that would be the basis behind behind anything I direct or write, and uh, if I'm if I'm uh, fortunate enough to act as well, that that's what I would want to do. But I also think that we have a kind of salad bowl you know, within our own, uh, you know, South Asian group, you know, we, uh, have a lot of different, uh, religious backgrounds, uh, you know, gender identities. Um, we, we, we come from a society of caste, um, uh, which, you know, kind of inherently puts people, uh, in a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. And I think that these are things that I have been learning without the help of film or even popular culture, you know, these are things that I learned from meeting people uh, in the, just, you know, very diverse South Asian diaspora and, you know, hearing their stories firsthand. Um, And I think that if we can amplify each other's stories, we can do away with some of those uh, really toxic things that are happening, you know, back Back in the homeland, uh, especially with what's happening in Kashmir right now with the occupation and the blackout, and what's happening with the uh, citizenship act and national registry. You know we, yeah, yeah. you know we are we have a culture of intolerance.
2: Yeah, I know it's uh, the the phone call is coming from inside the house, man, um, and and we're freaking out about uh, the neighbors, uh, so. It's, I find that, that that's very, I'm glad. I'm, it's interesting you brought that up because I don't think that's something, uh, I think, again, given this is a, a North American, uh, stretch of podcast and, and people we'll be talking to, um, so the experiences are mostly going to be lived in here. Um, I think it's also, you're, you're right. It's, it's important to realize that, like, sure, we're all in this little part of the globe, but, like, at the end of the day, a lot of that stuff, um, whether it be through previous generations or just general global politics that we won't get into. Uh, but it, it's that is that definitely plays a role because um, a part of us has to address that. Like like you said, the the inequality or the intolerance at home before we head out in the <laughs> on the streets and start kind of going like, hey, you, <laughs> you're kind of intolerant and you got you gotta kind of address the elephant. Uh, in the room, that's not racist, I can say that, we have elephants
1: yeah, we as South Asians we are trying to get representation uh, you know, in a, in North America and the Western world, but yeah. we also have these complex politics uh, from, you know, whatever country we come from, so it, I think it is important for us to keep an eye on both and, you know, not be you know uh you know just basically not be hypocritical and really focus on you know what the dynamics are because uh, we do have that so i guess we have that kind of responsibility because we do kind of have one foot in one place and another foot in the other
2: and we have a unique position to to you know yeah you
1: know. if we uh yeah if, if you don't feel that
2: way <laughs> i guess you're whatever do do you man um, like, I, I know I'm guilty of not always having, uh, as you said, sometimes I pull that foot away. Like, sometimes I have both of them planted right here. Uh, and because and here, it feels like so much work uh, needs to be done sometimes uh, that you kind of uh, – you're like, I'll, I'll, I'll check that out. I'll t- like, I hear it. I hear the noise, but I will uh, – I'm kind of focused here. So, I mean, I know I'm guilty of it. I know uh, I mean, I know a lot of people – again, just the struggle or or whatever it may be, uh, the the grind of it, you you can't always focus on it. But I think you're right. I think if uh, part of that needs to be, or just make it okay to say, look, this is what we're striving for here. Let them see it because God forbid, or or as it's well known, uh, the Western pop culture weirdly travels um, and travels wide and far and, and, and makes an impact. So Lord knows we all grew up. With, Lord knows we all grew up with a stern warning about, you know, you don't want to be like that Western uh, culture and what you see in pop culture. And and now we're almost weirdly saying, hey, we're gonna show you something, and you're gonna actually go be like that. Like you know what I mean? Like it's, uh, that's um, uh, that's fascinating to me that we're 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 subverting even that old age, uh, like mantra that we would i don't know if you got it but i i think almost uh, brown people got it of like is that what you want to do is that what you want to look like is that what you want to sound like is that what you right like and we're kind of yeah. going like now we can say yeah because we're a part of it now like that's you know that's uh, yeah. that's something like that
1: yeah no you're you're right yeah and i think that we kind of see it um you know like when uh we do India has like the most films made, I think, out of any country Um, and uh, probably has more fans of their respective uh, film industries than, you know, anywhere else in the world. But, you know, people don't know Shah Rukh Khan in, you know, (laughs) in America the way that they would know Brad Pitt uh, or Will Smith.
2: He was recently on Letterman, I think maybe somebody. They probably skipped that episode. Um but it, Uh David Letterman on his uh, Netflix show had him on uh which I thought was an interesting bridge of its own um to do. Uh but no, but you're right. It's uh like again, that that community in that industry clearly they will forever have it's a numbers game and they will always have us all beat. Uh, by sheer virtue, and you could say the same about uh, Asian cinema in general that like the West tends to like shut out and stuff. This is going to be a weird like shout out to Parasite, uh, the Oscars on this Sunday on ABC. Um, so it's this podcast is not sponsored by the Academy. We wish it was, but hey, they're uh, they're a tough crowd. Um, so no, you're you're right, but that, that's that I think comes down to just what you put out in the global marketplace, how it's received. Cause like, again, I'm sure you're East coast, I'm East coast, Indian films and, and those, that stuff plays, you know, they got theater spots now it's there, but uh, yeah, you're right. I don't think it's uh, foreign films in general. I don't, in, in America, I don't think are, they've really weirdly never been, it's always been like an eclectic thing. Um, like I, like you would think like, I remember uh, like Tarantino is a big, obviously a huge fan of Asian cinema and, and he would try to bring things out to the mainstream um but yeah i don't i it's i don't know i don't know how you bridge that divide um i think the best way to do it is probably like creators like us high praise for us i guess uh to to create things that go hey this is part of it look into it for yourself um rather than like oh because i don't know i just feel like bollywood in general has a stereotypical uh uh, outlook or uh with with other people who just kind of write it off as song and dance um when they've been doing some pretty interesting things recently yeah i'm not sure where that was going but we'll figure out we'll 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 bring it all round.
1: and yeah i mean i think ultimately i wasn't uh saying so much to i guess talk about the virtues of bollywood or any one industry in south asia but yeah i think just to echo your point there there's a larger uh spotlight on what happens in western pop culture and Yeah. yeah if we as filmmakers in the west you know can complicate the narrative of what it means to be The West. I mean, and not even just that. You know, if we if we're in the spotlight, we can really tell stories that have not been told, and give them the nuance that they need.
2: That's great. That's a very it's an uplifting note for everyone out there who's trying to do this. Uh, I think that's actually a perfect spot to wrap up, if that's okay. Um, You've uh, you've been super gracious with your time. Um, I guess for the last thing you could do, let them know where to find you, man. I'll, I'll obviously link you in the uh, when we link this out, but uh, let them know where they can find you. Website uh, they can check out your older work if they want. I know Vimeo, you've got a bunch of stuff up. So th- this is your plug. Plug away.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: so uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram uh, at Gondala Films. It's uh, G O N D A L. A films F I L M S. Uh I'm also on Vimeo. Uh I have a website, uh Salim Uh and yeah, I would I am trying to have more screenings of Supersonic. Uh we recently had a screening in uh, Pakistan, which was fantastic. Oh, man. I,
2: now I want to talk about that. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. If you don't mind, can we talk about that? I'm, ve- I'm very curious about it. Um.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so I've been trying to get these screenings um, that are more community-based. Uh, I've been reaching out on Instagram and uh, seeing who would be interested. Uh, one of the ones we did was in Karachi, uh, these students reached out to me uh, and uh, said that they would be interested in watching it. They have their own film club on campus. And yeah. uh, I just heard from them today. Um, they, they had a pretty good turnout. Uh, I think people there in Karachi, you know, different experience than I have, uh, they connected with the film uh, you know, and it, there, it seems like there was a lot of dialogue similar to what we were talking about just now, you know, the, okay. the, the, idea of what does it mean to hear? Uh, it, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm really grateful that they <laughs> sent me, you know, some of the bits of the conversation, but one thing that I thought was funny is that they, they said the most relatable scene from the film was the phone call with the mom classic
2: classic no no but the, 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 that's what i mean is like uh again i pointed it out not to be like look it's us i i i merely i meant it as uh th- that's interesting because again i well to them it must have it must have been that slice of home right like I, that's what i've been trying to figure out uh Uh, not that there'd be a different reaction from, you know, if you're brown or if you're white, uh, but, uh, that's, that's very interesting that they, like, they latched onto that. Um, if this, if this was like a test screening, you would have gotten a lot of cards that said, show us the mother where, let's see that family, um, give them more screen time. Um, but that's, uh, that's, yeah, that's, that's kind of nice. Um, where, yeah, no, that's. I like that. That's that's cool. Um, do you have? Yeah. You said you're still planning more screenings. Um, so I, I imagine. Have you heard anything from um, that particular community, hearing impaired? Like, ha, have they have have people of of that uh, uh, community reached out to you? And and I'm sure they must be. They must have things to say.
1: I uh, have spoken to people at various festivals, various screenings. I've gotten people come up to me and have uh, really just made the point to say that they are hearing impaired, uh, that, well, that they have hearing loss, uh, and that they identify with the film. And that was fantastic. Uh, I still am waiting for a more in-depth conversation. I'm, I'm in the middle of trying to set up a couple of those, uh, because I am curious. You know, it, it's one of those things where it is such a diverse... Uh, experience. So I I know not everyone is going to have it in the in the deaf and hard of hearing community. Uh, but I am excited to see whether we can draw these links um, between our, you know, the, the variety of, of the experience
2: yeah no it's uh and you'll in that alone you'll find a, a shared salad bowl of experiences in that as well i imagine yeah um, a lot of salads there. <laughs> um all right cool man uh thank you for your time uh you let them know uh i want the audience to know that uh, uh salim had brought something to me that i had thought about but never really committed to but so this podcast and then probably every podcast going forward will actually be transcribed on the, um, on the Anchor site and wherever we can allow a link to have that happen. So you, because of that, uh, what he's brought to, with the film in that community. So we, that's an effort I wanna take um, to, to make it, again, to make everything accessible uh, in a way that it wasn't prior. So uh, I, I thank you for giving us that uh, initiative that we will do going forward. Um, so now when people go I didn't watch, yeah. I didn't listen to it I just I just read it. it's because Salim that I can blame them uh, so I can blame Salim for if they want to read over listen to us talk and stuff um, but no that's great. Uh, appreciate your time um I'm looking I'm looking forward to uh what is next man i I just I, you, you got you got a ways to go and it's I think it's gonna be great. Uh, it'd be interesting to see
1: yeah thank you for having me i had a great time talking and yeah
2: shout outs again because they pay the bills around here B raja tv uh again if you haven't already downloaded their app again it's everywhere now you get android iphone roku amazon all that all that stuff i'll have it linked uh in the description of, of this episode um but yeah salim thank you so much uh i've been your host Chaz singh this has been bridge the culture um yeah until we bridge
0: again man uh, thank you again <laughs> मेरी फोटो बार बार देख सोने आं तेरी आंख पारी आऊं दिया के नहीं याद मेरी आऊं दिया के नहीं सीने अग लाऊं दिया के नहीं मेरी फोटो बार बार देख सोने आं आंख पारी आऊं दिया के नहीं वे सारे जेड़े सितू ताने में नूमारे तूना में नूटे चेकारे जहाँ ने आवे मैं काट दी रही सितेरे हाडे वे मैं दी रही सितेरे हाडे जी दे ले तू मेहनु छटे आ यारा दिलों कटे आ ते के दिया के नहीं दिया के फोटो बार बार देख सोने हाँ तेरी आँख भरे आँधियाँ कि नहीं और याद मेरी आँधियाँ कि नहीं इन्हें अगला आँधियाँ कि नहीं मेरी फोटो बार बार देख सोने हाँ आँख भरे आँधियाँ नहीं